What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 98, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode 2001. 2001! 9-8-1-2001. Yeah. Uh, friends, we're an independent podcast, in case you didn't know. This might be your first time. You know, hey, welcome. Welcome to our show. Um, we're an independent podcast, and uh, we don't take ads because forget that. And um, you can help if you want. If you can help keep the thing independent by uh, going over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash walking through the Stargate. Got little tiers with little rewardy things and some fun stuff that's available for the patrons. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but if you are like, well, does this mean that I'm not going to be able to hear the cool, the good stuff? Fear not, friends. First off, the good stuff is this show right here. Absolutely. That's what I'm talking about. Um, but also the stuff that we put up on that feed, uh, yeah, it's available for patrons first, but uh, we'll put it up on the main feed um, when we have gaps or breaks or whatever. Don't worry. You'll hear it. It's all good. Uh, the uh, where, can you go to, where can you go to find podcasts? You can go to podcast things like Google Podcasts. That's a thing. Uh, Spotify Podcasts. That's yep. also a thing. Yep. Lots of folks have been letting us know that our little project has been their number one podcast for the year. And I'm like, Absolutely. dang, people. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and, and, and we got we got a note. So we got a review, Brent, on Apple oh. Podcasts. Yeah, and uh, our reviewer sent us an email with it. And he uh, reminded us. That uh, that they were listening to like eighty three episodes of this in like twelve days. Oh my gosh! Which okay. which baffles me. I'm like, holy uh, smokes! It's, it's very humbling. It's a lot. That's super cool. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm speechless. I, it's so nice to know. It's nice to know that your work is appreciated, Zach. That's yes, what it is. Absolutely, absolutely. So I appreciate you all appreciating the appreciation that we put into appreciating each other with the appreciation that we have for you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Apple Podcasts is where you can find the other thing. Uh, reviews. So uh, thank you, so-and-so. Uh, Zach told me your name. Casey McGure. No, Casey Magnus. Magnus. Or, or, or Cass, I'm a- Cass I'm Agnes. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Anyway, um, <laughs> we'll do a dramatic recreation of that lovely review um, probably next week, honestly. That's yeah. kind of how we tend to roll those things. Um Anybody who wants to put up a little review on Apple Podcasts gets themselves a little uh, audio play. Indeed. Thanks to uh, Indeed. thanks to us, uh, and so um, thanks everybody who has been putting uh, you know ratings and reviews on the various things that helps folks find the podcast. It's super great. Uh, that sounded like I was being like trite. That's because I'm literally three steps ahead inside my head. So Zach, speaking of three steps ahead, yes. Now's the stop. Now's the part where I try to think of a segue in which to lob a softball your way, and where this you can is hit when it. I. Just jump in there and start talking because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, because because the segues just trash. And so, if somebody wants to let me know of a few segue ideas that I can have while tossing up the email transfer, how um how might they do that? I appreciate your segue. That actually worked really nicely. So, <laughs> how can you do that? You can do that by emailing us at walking through the stargate at gmail.com. That is W A L K I N G T H R O U G H E T H E S T A O G A T E at gmail.com. <laughs> I may have gotten an extra sure E this... in there. It's just through with no E there. It is a T H E with an E. Uh, but you get the idea. You get uh, the idea. 
Yeah. Or you can find us on Twitter at Stargate Walking. And, of course, you can go to Facebook. We've got a Facebook page and a Facebook group. Uh, please hit that like and follow button or whatever it is on Facebook. I can never remember. I know there's a like. There might be a I think follow. it's both. I think it's both. Yeah. Uh, and then go ahead and it says, can I join the group? And I'll say, absolutely. And then you can join the group and you can talk to us. Um, that's where you can put in your predictions every week. I ask for you to predict what we are going to rate these episodes, and this is where you can do that. Of course, you can also email those to us as well, as some do. Uh, you can also go to our website, which is wtts.space. I got it working, sort of. It's, I mean, it, 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 it's a live link. It's a live link. There's a thing you can see there. Unfortunately, I did find a nice little animated... Um, um, Picture. Trying to think of a different An way to pronounce picture. it. No, I, I see, like, yeah, because I made the hiff joke already. Is there a different one? Yif. Did I make the yif joke? That's very specific. Anyway, um, <clears throat> uh, the uh, uh, picture of a dude shoveling stuff, a stick person shoveling stuff. Um, I found a great little one, and then I tried to use the little doohickey that we use for the website, and it was like, ah, you're not going to use that one. I'm like, why not? <laughs> valid image but i did when i was able to find a picture of uh you know, people working sign whatever doesn't matter that's all we got so far though zach <laughs> we you, got know, you know one step at a time i tell you and, what you know honestly <laughs> folks out there if you are a web designer and want to donate your time to help us build oh, this boy. website i will certainly say yes um uh the, the key word in there is donate because we don't have any extra money no for that but, is true uh <laughs> Did we mention that we don't take ads? <laughs> Precisely. Oh, boy. And of but course, yeah, you can. It's alive. Yeah, cool. And of course, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash walking through the Stargate. Um, you can join us there. We've got a few tiers. Uh, we've got some gate joggers for $3 and gate sprinters for $10. And if you really want to go hog wild, you can go for the $25 a month gate marathoners. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, when you do that, uh, you get access to all of those podcasts. So we do some extra podcasting there uh, that they get first and foremost. Uh, eventually, those will come to the main feed, but they stay on the Patreon site for uh, a while. Um, and of course, at those various levels, you can make uh, uh, turn in votes each month uh, mm -hmm. for a rewatch. And mm -hmm. as soon as certain episodes get a certain number of tallies, uh, then uh, we will rewatch that episode and reevaluate it and talk about it some more and uh, give it a new rating. Uh, so if you think that one of our ratings is absolutely egregious or you just want to hear us talk about an episode again, then mm -hmm. join us on Patreon and vote for those episodes. Yep. Speaking of that, uh, we do have yeah. uh, Thor's Chariot, which is going to be coming up here relatively quickly. If yeah. We've got another week or so before we can sit down and record that. Yep. Um, I think that's right. Isn't that right, Brent? I think it's the end of the month, but yeah, well, it'll be, I think it'll be dropping before the new year. Hopefully. Yep. Yeah. Um, so emancipation has one vote. Bane has three votes. Yes. Touchstone has two. Forever in a day has two. 100 days has three. Tangent has three. And 2010, the partner episode to this episode has mm -hmm. nine. Mm -hmm. And what does 2010 cusp. minus nine equal? 2001. <gasps> it's like it was planned. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We, it was inevitable. It, we it, were, this was going to happen no matter what we tried. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Wow. 
Uh, if you want to participate in that, by all means do. Uh, those of you who are patrons, uh, I have sent those emails out for December, and I have gotten a couple of back, and I have not received several others. So hey, by friends, all means, send those in. Um, you are welcome to do so. That's part of what you get there. No, I say uh, they're obligated. Well, you, you are know, obliged. Brent says you are now obligated <laughs> and required to do so. So listen to Brent. <laughs> oh, that's great. Too bad it doesn't work like that. But anyway, yeah. yes, we would love your input for real. Yep. So Brent, this mm-hmm. is episode 98. Yeah. And what comes after 98? 99. And what comes after that? A hundred! A hundred! Yay! I'm so glad your kindergarten math is still working. And we're there. The, we are like two yes, weeks away. Yes. Uh, at, at the rate we're going, I think that's going to be right around Christmas time when we record Christmas. that. Christmas um, day after Christmas. Yep. 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 So uh, look for that. And we now, uh, you know, you have about one more week to get in your one minute audio clips that talk yeah, that's about right. the episode. And I say thank you very much to all of you who have already sent those clips. That's amazing. I love them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and this is your so chance cool. to have 60 seconds of fame on our podcast. Yes. Yes. Uh, so by all means, send those in. Uh, tell us what you think about episode 100. Tell us what you think about the podcast. Tell us how you first remember episode 100. Uh, tell us how you first remember our podcast. Whatever it is, you know, just whatever. Just chat. Uh, so long Say as hello. Vaguely Stargate-ish. D- yeah. Don't, 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 uh, you know, say naughty words, but. No. Well, I mean, you can and... say, quote, naughty words, I suppose, but just, you know, you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, totally. And then, you know, yeah, then you force me to make a bunch of beeps, and that would be a big, big pain in the neck to edit. Oh, ah, don't do it. Uh, but, yeah, we want to hear your comments, and generally Stargate-related, and if you got your grandma's sour cream cookie recipe. I learned, Zach, tangent, yes. that um, uh, old-style sour cream cookies, we don't, you're not supposed to use sour cream from the store, because the sour cream that those recipes were from is an old kind of sour cream you can't get anymore that has yeast in it, or yeast, something. It's got, it's got some, something else. It's not, it's, it's not the sour cream we use now, which is why the sour cream cookies, though good, aren't as good. Ah, well. We aren't eating the real sour cream cookies. Well, I guess you'll just have to go back in time and... To uh, 2001? Well, whatever. Whatever it is before they stop, the, you know, before they were, you know, what you need to do is is find a Stargate and a... Yes. And, and a, uh, a, a, a solar flare uh, and send yes. a note... Through the Stargate to loop yes. back to us and let us yes. know that we cannot change how we do sour cream so that sour cream cookies now are correct. Gotcha. Okay, I'll get on that. Okay. After we do this episode, though. After, okay, yeah. That, well, that's, that's definitely an afternoon thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably yep. going to take at least an hour. At least. Yeah. <laughs> okay, give yourself two hours just in case you, know, you run into some snags. <laughs> you know, just in case, just in case. Oh my gosh. Oh. All right. Well, with all of that, shall we dig into this episode 2001? Yeah, let's get into it. All right. So this episode is directed by Peter DeLuise. This is his yay. fifth episode of eight this season. Uh, so we say yay. Um, he was actually in the episode. We do see a cameo of him. Although if you missed him, don't feel bad because he was fuzzy. 
Um, you know, he was was one he of one the, of the people in the background or whatever. He was one of the people in the background when I don't like like Sam or something was in the foreground, and right. uh, you know, so you could see his profile that was all fuzzy and like if if you knew sure. that was him, you'd say, oh yeah, sure enough, that is. There he but is. If you didn't, yep. you probably wouldn't pick it up. Yeah, uh, but he was there. Uh, the teleplay for this is by one of the co-creators of the series, Brad Wright. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is his second teleplay this season. Um, this is his last teleplay this season. Uh, his yeah. first one was Threshold, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, Teal'c nearly dies and uh, yes. comes out of his brainwashing. Uh, he does have a few other episodes this season where he is um, like a story uh, credit or something like that. Um, gotcha. And of course, when yeah. you're the co-creator of a show, uh, you've got lots and lots of things to do um, that uh, that aren't always writing stuff down. Correct. So, I mean, you're probably writing stuff down, but right, not like that, in some other way. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, we do have some guest actors for this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of them are return actors. We have mm-hmm. Christopher Cousins returning as Ambassador Joseph Faxon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if you want to know more about Christopher, then I invite you to listen to our episode 2010, where I will say more about Christopher. At that point. That's right. We have Dion Luther, who plays Mollum. He returns again from 2010. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I just want to real quick note that uh, in the episode Red Sky, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. he was the voice of one of the Asgard council members. Oh, neat. Okay, cool. Yep. Um, so uh, we'll just add that little tidbit there about Dion. Uh, mm-hmm. We have Robert Maloney, who plays Boring. I, I mean, I mean Boren. Mm, I know his name. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, he's originally from Calgary, Alberta. Uh, he started acting in high school. Um, he began uh, working professionally immediately after graduating um, in shows like X-Files and The Outer Limits and, of course, Stargate. Hey. Uh, he's been nominated for a Leo Award uh, for the M O W Christmas on a Chestnut Street Christmas on Chestnut Christmas on Chestnut I, Street I don't know. is the yeah. name of the movie. Uh, so, and he also has two Jesse Richardson Theater Award nominations, mm-hmm. uh, winning uh, one of them for his portrayal of Steve in Clybourne Park. Um, in part as part of the arts club theater, so mm-hmm. he's got some rewar- awards going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, in his downtime, he likes to ski, downhill ski. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. A, uh, uh, an urban cyclist. He mm-hmm. apparently likes cigars and mm-hmm. social and environmental activism. There you go. His nice. first IMDb credit mm-hmm. was in 1995. Uh, when he played Kevin McSwain in an episode of Highlander, the TV series. Ah, okay. So. There you go. That is Robert Maloney, who plays mm-hmm. Boren. And apparently, um, Robert is actually not an especially boring char- person. Uh, but, but <laughs> of course, the character does need to be, like, absolutely flat. Um, yes. And boring. And so he does that really quite well, but that's not native to who he is. So, there you go. Yep. We have the return of Ronnie Cox, our favorite senator to hate. Yes, indeed. Uh, as Robert Kinsey. Um, there's not much to say about Ronnie Cox at this point in time. Go back in time to other episodes that he, we have done with him. Um, and uh, you can uh, learn more about him. He's got a prolific career and he's a great actor and 
personally, I always love it when he's on the show because uh, I, I really like the character of Kinsey. Not because I like Kinsey, but, but because it's a good character and Cox does just such a wonderful job. Oh, with boy. It. Absolutely. So, um, and then, of course, we have Howard Siegel, who plays Keel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an actor known for Man of Steel and Zoo and Far Cry 5. Okay. So, um, there's not much that I can share about Howard. Uh, his first IMDb credit came in 1982 when he was in two, not one, but two episodes of the TV show The Littlest Hobo. Huh. <laughs> I don't know that show. No, nope, neither do I. But uh, hey, but, he was in it. He was, you know, he was in it twice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so he uh, and uh, Peter DeLuise were working on a show together earlier in this season. Uh, DeLuise made a comment of that in the commentary, and now I'm blanking on it. And uh, it might have been like Outer Limits or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, gotcha. they, they, you know, Peter liked what he saw in, in this and, and just thought he was going to be a good character, good actor, and, and uh, brought him in for this episode. Mm-hmm. So, and you know he does a good job. That that's just a, it's kind of a fun character. Simple. Yes. You can talk more about very that later simple if you want. Sure. All right. This episode originally aired on August thirty one two thousand one. Yeah. We were still listening to Fallen by Alicia Keys, mm-hmm. and the UK folks were still listening to Let's Dance by Five. There you go. So you know. There you we go. Know what's going on? And, you know, when, when I hear that nobody could come up with new things to listen to, I say Jeepers Creepers, which, by oh, the way, boy. is the <laughs> number one in the box office for this weekend, followed oh, by a yeah. Rush Hour 2, because, you know, you needed the movie to rush to get into places because nobody was rushing to get listen to new music. What I they needed was yes. a fresh apple, uh, a fresh American pie, which you get in oh. American Pie 2. And yeah. with that energy, you can come out there and find new songs to listen to by others, the others, or you know, oh, some others, oh. which is number four. And nice. all of this, you realize, is just one giant rat race. Gosh. Uh, you do a pretty good job there trying to figure out a way to construct a narrative off of movie titles alone based on the songs <laughs> that were the number one jams. That's all right. Doing all right. Thank you. I... I have fun with it. Um, Good. You know, uh, sometimes, obviously, I, I don't do as well as others, but, uh, you know, <laughs> if, if it comes to me, I just like, yeah, let's, let's, let's tell a story. Hey, it's, it's those where you fall flat on your face. Trust me, from somebody who is constantly trying to come up with a with a with a with a stupid pitch of a new, of a show, of, a, of an episode <laughs> based off of a title alone. Yeah. The ones where you land on your face. Those are the best. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, I'll keep doing it because I have fun yeah. with it. That's right. So. So what was happening at the end of August 2001? Uh, a lot of sports things. Uh, mm-hmm. On the 29th, we had the 58th Annual Venice Film Festival. So this isn't a sports thing, but the rest uh, of these okay. are sports things. This is a film festival for, and uh, the film Monsoon Wedding, directed by Mira Nair, wins the Golden Lion. Mm-hmm. Uh, on September 1, this is where the sports things to come in. The Australian Rugby Union team gives all-conquering captain John Eels perf- a perfect send-off in his final international with a famous last-minute 29-26 win over New Zealand in Sydney. Wallabies <laughs> retain the Tri-Nations series. 
There you go. There you go. Congratulations. Also. Years ago. Yes. Well, 19. (laughs) 19. (laughs) Also on the 1st of September, jockey Tim Moccasin caps a streak of 14 consecutive victories, a North American record at Marquee Downs in Saskatoon, Canada, aboard Intricate Stitch in the fifth race. Ah, look at that. Congratulations, Tim Moccasin. And also on the 1st of September, facing four-time Cy Young Award winner Greg Maddox, Cubs slugger Sammy Sosa hits the longest home run in Turner Field history as his 53rd homer of the season travels 471 yards to straightaway center field. (laughs) 471 feet. What did I say? Yards. Yards. <laughs> <laughs> As he cracks it, almost five football fields. <laughs> it could happen. It could happen. Uh, just not, not in the post-juice era. Ooh, Ooh. snap. Yeah, yeah, this is definitely in that juicing era uh-huh. uh, where uh, Sammy and many others were... were I'm just stronger. That's why I'm hitting things better. <laughs> my my arms are just three times the size of my head. I just do a better job training and my protein shakes. That's that's what it is. That's right. Also, on September 1, we get back to uh, the arts with singer-songwriter Stevie Wonder, who was 51, marrying, for the second time, fashion designer Kai Millard Morris. There you go. So, Congratulations, Stevie Wonder. Congratulations. So, that was what was happening at around this time in 2001. Nice. Yep. We do have some trivia for this episode. Mm -hmm. We got a lot of stuff here. So, the title is, of course, an homage to Arthur C. Clarke's novel 2001, A Space Odyssey. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it continues a story arc started in the episode 2010, which Mm -hmm. is also a title of one of Clarke's novels, Odyssey, 2010, Odyssey 2. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the concept of turning a gas giant into a star, which is, of course, one of the main plots of uh, 2010, the episode, uh, mm-hmm. is also one of the main plot elements of 2010 Odyssey 2, and uh, is mentioned in both episodes. Um, actually, you know, Samantha Carter does actually quote uh, Arthur Clarke's name in this episode at one point in time, uh, very mm-hmm. offhandedly. I don't know if you caught that. I but, did not. Um, so... Coincidentally, Clark's Space Odyssey series used the term Stargate to, retur- to refer to one of its major plot devices, the monolith. Ah, gotcha. So, there you go. Mm-hmm. Now, in this episode, Daniel looks at some old newspapers. And aside from the fact that no archaeologist in his right mind would ever take those newspapers and open them up in that filthy underground space... And uh, look at them. It was an emergency, man. It was an emergency. All right. All right. Fair. Anyway, uh, he says that it resembles an ancient Celtic text that he found in Wales at some point in time. However, Mm -hmm. the Celts and the Picts were using Ogham for all their writing at this point in time. And most Ogham letters are combos of straight up and upright and horizontal lines Mm -hmm. uh, and not that uh, curly script that we saw. Um, yep. The Ogham lines were kind of like a hybrid love child of T's, F's, and L's all over the place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and so suffice to say, it wasn't that. Um, but, you know, there I you suppose, go. nah, tangent. All right. Five seconds of tangent. I suppose one could make the argument that that was a t- that, that such straight line things, because I'm pretty sure we know that because of 
things carved in stone. And carving in stone in straight lines, of course, is a heck of a lot easier than carving in curvy lines. But I suppose it's possible that you could have two different types of script. Unlikely. But two different types of script, right? You got the straight line script for when you're carving in stone. You get your curvy line script for when you're writing on paper. Um, possible. It's possible. possible. It's possible. We have cursive and, and print, right? We have different fonts of print. Just sure. saying. Sure. Uh, it, you know. All right. Um, we'll get back to some of the newspaper stuff in a little bit. Uh, okay. After O'Neill and Carter return from their first round of negotiations with the Ashen, they are in the control room with General Hammond. And they're talking about the note that was sent through the Stargate from O'Neill in the future. In mm-hmm. the background, you see Walter Harriman holding and uh, drinking from a bottle of Pepto-Bismol. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can tell this because it's clearly a, you know, the right shape and it's a pink bottle and all that yeah. stuff. Um, and so when I was watching the commentary... They, Peter DeLuise was talking about this, and this was actually one of... So, like, this was, like, uh, uh, the, the D story. Uh, the D story? The D yeah. story, right? Uh, <laughs> that that uh, Walter Harriman was, was having some indigestion problems. And uh, so you first see him, and he's got this big old cup of coffee, and he's just chugging the coffee, and hoping that'll help, you know, loosen the plumbing up a little bit. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, so the whole episode, he's in the background doing various things, um, trying to, you know, ease the system a little bit and move out of that discomfort. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's delightful. Yeah. Uh Now, uh, at the end of the episode, well, in the middle of the episode, you have uh, O'Neill holding up two fingers and says, that's O'Neill with two L's. Uh, at the end of the episode, he says that again, you know, when as he's yelling at Kinsey walking out. He's like, uh, that's Jack O'Neill with two L's, but he holds up three fingers. Uh-huh. Which is definitely his way of saying, I'm going to give you the middle finger without doing I it. have a different interpretation. Oh, okay. Because that moment represented the third time that Kinsey tried and failed to disrupt the Stargate system, mm. the Stargate program. That was his third loss, his third L. Ah. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, there you could. That, that could be. I'm a thinker. Ooh. I think about things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Did okay. the commentary have anything to say about that? Um, <laughs> or no? I, I think that DeLuise, um, if I recall correctly, um, what was, was thinking about the, the middle finger at that point in time. But, but I like your interpretation as well. I appreciate because it reminded me of the old uh, the old joke from the uh, the early to mid nineties. Remember this one? How do you spell bills? As in the Buffalo Bills, B I L L L S. There you go. Because they went to the Super Bowl three times and lost, or four, whatever four. they yeah. they went to four times and lost. Four times yeah, in a row. This was, they lost. This was this joke was when they went for the third time. Like I said, this is in the nineties. Uh, right? There you go. I was, there I, was you a, go. I was a child. Anyway, yeah. carrying. All right. Um, okay, so the newspaper which reveals the Ashen's crimes. Uh, is written in a subtract one cipher. And so they're writing things down and they just moved each letter back one in the alphabet. Uh, and so mm. that's how you would get it. So um, the Volian voice is the name of the newspaper, but then it was spelled um, however that would be, um, you know, shifting those a letters letter back. at him and all that. Yeah. Uh, this was uh, kind of an homage to how Hal in 2001... Uh, has this cipher yes. done for IBM. Mm-hmm. Now, yep. what I understand is that that was accidental. 
Um, oh, really? So, so I've heard some people say that it was intentional, and I've heard some yeah. people say that it was accidental, and I don't know sure. who to believe. Yeah, um, fine. Yeah, but yeah. IBM. If you shift each of those letters back one, you get Hal. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so they did the same type of thing. Whether Hal and IBM was actual uh, was accidental or on purpose is irrelevant because they did on purpose use that technique uh, mm-hmm. for this. Gotcha. Um, so. There you have it. Um, yeah. So, oh, the first shot of the SG-1 coming through the gate. Um, it's only on screen for like three seconds. But it's actually reused film from the second season episode, Touchstone. Hmm. Um, and, of course, you know, it's just there as they walk through the gate, and then it switches over back to Hammond, and it comes back to them live. And if you stop and you look carefully, you notice that, A, uh, Daniel has longer hair. Now, he's wearing that, oh, that, that bucket hat, so it's harder to tell. <laughs> yeah. And they're also <laughs> holding the, the machine guns that they were using in Season 2, not the P90s oh, yeah. that they have in sure. Season 5. Um, however, when they cut back to them uh, later, they're all carrying their P90s. So, mm-hmm. um, so you have that. Um, so... This title in other languages, mm-hmm. the Germans, 2001. The Spanish, the Italian, the Hungarians, 2001. The mm-hmm. Czech say rock 2001, year 2001. Mm, yeah, and okay. the French, pulling a German, calls it the false friends. Nah, well, we kind of knew, we sort of knew. I, we, we know. We knew, we, the whole point, the whole, we knew. And we needed our friends to know. That's what the deal was. So it's not really a spoiler. Well, okay. Fine. It's not like it's not like they say, um, you know, the bioweapon is defeated. <laughs> <laughs> the good guys win. The good guys win. <laughs> they figure it out. <laughs> our heroes save the day. Uh huh. Shocker. You could call all of our episodes that just about. <laughs> You could. <laughs> oh, you just, nice. You have a running towel. Our heroes save the day for the 19th time. In the for, next episode. The Our heroes save the day for the 98th time. Yep, that's and right. so on and so forth. All right. That would actually be a kind of a funny gag for a television show to do for episode titles, right? Like, you know, I'm imagining like some, you know, 30-minute cartoony based you know what i mean like just just it's right. just a, it's just a send-up then so like you know if, the t- if every episode title was <laughs> the heroes save the day part 94 <laughs> <laughs> you, you get something kind of similar to that in the ep- in the series friends where where every episode is the one with uh, oh yes sir the yep. one with mm-hmm. the you know da 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 yep. uh yep. there are a couple of exceptions to that but pretty much all of them are like that so anyway this is, of nice. course, a Stargate podcast. This is Stargate podcast. Stargate, Stargate podcast. Stargate, Stargate. Not a friend's yeah. podcast. Uh, Stargate podcast with friends. That's right. There you go. All right. Do, we do, should. Do, 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 do. <clears throat> we should start the synopsis. Okay. Yes. Let's get into it. Previously on Stargate SG-1. Don't go to P4C970. Don't do it. Don't. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Ha <laughs> <laughs>
yeah, keep, keep. Okay. Keep <laughs> Break out the champagne, folks. We just completed our number one objective of the SG. Well, F just cut that out. Let me do that again. Okay, you can start that one over. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I'm going to cut that out. Anyway, carry on. Break out the champagne, folks. We just completed our number one objective of the SGC. SG-1 is all smiles as they return from the pastoral planet of Volia. They don't have much in the way of technology in Volia, but they've got some friends who can turn a gas giant into a second sun. And these friends have medicines that increase your lifespan. And they have transporter triangles. And they have ships. And they have bioweapons to be used against the gold. And they are willing to share it. Who are these friends of the Volians? They're the Ashen! Huzzah! After debriefing Hammond and a bunch of other quote-unquote important people, SG-1 prepares to return to Volia to begin negotiations with the Ashen. Of course, O'Neill voices a little concerned about the Ashen, given that they have no sense of humor whatsoever, and that boring guy, he is boring. Now, accompanying the team to the negotiations and to actually conduct these said treaty negotiations will be Ambassador Joseph Faxon. And it's very clear that Ambassador Joe and Sam are attracted to each other. And, you know, he hasn't eaten in, well, you know, since today. And so he's hungry. So maybe they should go to the mess and, you know, have some food because, yeah. Hopefully everything will work out fine for them. Hope. Spoiler, it doesn't. (laughs) Doesn't work out fine. On Volia, Jack, Sam, and Joe meet with the Ashen representative on board one of their harvesters, a large floating machine that harvests fields of grain and transports the harvest back to to the Stargate, where it is literally poured through the gate uh, to wherever the Ashen store such things. And, you know, because the Ashen are such uh, innovative people, they name this device... A harvester. Real real original. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Ashen offer the people of Earth lots of cool technology, as well as entrance into the Ashen Confederation. In exchange, Earth will share with the Ashen their knowledge of the Stargate network. You see, the Ashen never found their DHD, and because of that, they don't have access to the wealth of planets uh, and cultures and peoples the Stargate system has to offer. You see, you know, the, the Earth, Stargate folk, the, the Earth people, had the uh, cartouche on Abydos that they were able to use to calculate things like stellar drift and all of that stuff. And despite the fact that the Shen have the ability to uh, create a star out of a uh, gas giant, they apparently don't have the technology to figure out stellar drift when it comes to Stargate stuff. And I'm sure there's a logical reason for this, but still, in any case. It, it's a mystery. It is a mystery. It's not important for the story, Zach, so shut up. I wouldn't go that far, but carrying on. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Now i got to find my space. (laughs) Ah, there we are. The initial negotiations go well, but O'Neill begins to feel more and more uneasy about this possible new alliance. One point of concern for O'Neill is the casual comments the Ashen Ambassador Mullum makes regarding the unsustainable growth of Earth's population and his suggestion that the U.S. military is, ne- is negligent in trying to curb that growth around the planet. Hmm. Meanwhile, 
Jackson and Teal'c begin their own investigation into the Ashen. Their job is to talk with the Volians and see how they feel about this alliance. And to, of course, dig a little deeper. After talking with a Volian farmer, Keel, who has only positive things to say about the Ashen, they offer to help him remove some iron root from one of the agricultural fields that he tends. This iron root looks to be some kind of rusted scaffolding akin to a radio mast sticking out of the ground four or five feet. Now, assuring Keel that they can take care of it, they wait until he leaves before Daniel begins to dig around the iron root. Jackson is immediately concerned by what this iron root might mean. It doesn't take much digging for them to discover that this iron root is way bigger than even they expected, and it leads them to an abandoned city buried underground. This city appears to be roughly equivalent to Earth technology of the early 20th century, far, far more advanced than the agrarian technology of the Volians today. Uh, but there was no evidence of destruction through combat or battle or warfare. So what happened? What happened to the civilization? How did it disappear? And, and how could Kiel not know about it at this point in time? Underground, they find a, a, what appears to be a public building, maybe a library or something. And inside it, they are able to snag some old newspapers before things begin collapsing. Now, looking through the newspaper, Daniel begins to piece together a disturbing picture of the Ashen. Back at Stargate Command, Hammond and Harriman discover that the Ashen homeworld has a 1 in 4 chance of being a planet the General locked out of the system after a mysterious note came from a future O'Neill through the Stargate seven months earlier. Now, in order to figure this out, Hammond uh, figure out whether it's one of those, it's the 25% chance, Hammond orders that three SG teams go to explore the other options, hoping that maybe one of them is the Ashen, and so that the Ashen isn't that one, that 25% that, that it could be bad. So, now, this whole thing was figured out after Major Carter made some calculations, postulations, hypotheses about gate travel without a DHD way back when, you know, like like before the show began, because, you know, that's what they do. Uh, and mm -hmm. then she crunched some numbers this time around, and it calculated some things, and so Harriman was telling Hammond about these calculations and all of that stuff. So there you go. Before the first team, however, can check out the other options, the whole plan is scrubbed by government officials. There is deep concern that if an SG team discovers the Ashen on one of those three planets they were going to, it may hurt the negotiations, and we can't have that. Later, after learning from Jackson that the Ashen are not all that they appear to be, and discovering that the president is not taking calls from the SGC right now, O'Neill decides to cash in on an open invitation to visit the White House. So in Washington, D.C., however, he is blocked from meeting the president by none other than Senator Kinsey. Kinsey apparently has the president's ear right now and is really upset that O'Neill is sticking his head into the treaty negotiations, negotiations of the state, not the military. Kinsey is arrogant enough, however, to think that all of this is a plot and a ploy on O'Neill's part to prevent Kinsey from becoming president. Well, there's not much O'Neill can do at this point in time, but return to the SGC. Daniel continues his research, and his research reveals more about the Volians and the Ashen. 
The Ashen apparently saved the Volians from some sort of flu-like pandemic across the globe, but when it was discovered that the vaccine causes... something, there was rioting in the streets, and it appears that the Ashen silenced the rioting and the news, and then they continued their work of transforming the whole planet into a farm planet for the Ashen. Everything is pointing to the Ashen as being bad, but we need proof, and we have a government that is working to move quickly into the negotiations. But fear not, we have a plan. Yes. Ambassador Faxon returns to Volia to continue negotiations, and he brings with him a set of Stargate coordinates for the Ashen as a token of goodwill. Sam comes with him to help him help him her he's going she's going to teach the volians and not the volians the, the ashen how to turn on a laptop you know you open it and you, you hit <laughs> the button there you go and you tap a few keys and then there you go there yeah. you go uh but but th that that's her job of course that's the ploy that's not her real job her real job is as the talks begin she pulls out a sheet of paper from her pocket with a word on it from one of those old newspapers she surreptitiously and casually asks boring, I mean boring, to read the word. And distracted, he reads the word, translating it as sterility. <gasps> the vaccine causes sterility. Dum, dum, dum. Immediately realizing what has happened, lots of things take place. Mullum takes the laptop with the gate coordinates and departs. Says, we got what we want. Boren locks Faxon and Carter in the negotiation room, and the Harvester begins dialing Earth and prepares to send a giant bioweapon through the gate. Oh no! oh, no! Sam sets up a rope to climb down straight into the horizontally-oriented Stargate, but Convenient. as Faxon prepares to join her, Boren walks in, and Faxon attacks him to give Sam the time that she needs to escape. With no time left for him to get away, he tells Carter to go on without him before grappling with Boren once again, and she cuts the open she falls through the stargate and quickly orders the iris shut behind her moments later they hear a loud whoomp when the biogenic weapon is stopped from coming through the earth is saved kinsey is livid because he wanted this cool negotiation thing treaty to work and the fate of ambassador faxon is left unknown as for the ashen and the gate coordinates don't worry too much about that, because the first on the list is a black hole, and they get progressively worse after that. <laughs> Darker, I think, is what the word was. Darker. Yeah. The end. The end. So, Brent. Yeah. 2001. Mm-hmm. The episode, not the year. Ah! Gotcha. Thanks for the clarification. Yep, yep clarification. What'd you think? I had fun with this one. Ah, I yes. did have fun with this one. Um, it was, um, by the time I got to the end of it, I was a little disappointed that it, uh, it, it felt like it wrapped up what could have been a pretty cool little story, um, just a little fast. And maybe what I mean by that is that I would have enjoyed if this arc had taken a couple or a few episodes to resolve rather than just one, mm. but I thought it was cool. I, I, I liked a revisit. Um, I liked the aspect of um, a fateful uh, reintroduction to the Ashen. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the notion of 
uh, you know, how no matter how you try to affect the past, uh, somehow, some way, the events kind of end up coalescing around those same principles, no matter what. Even if you take out like major decision making folks, uh, that somehow the decision will still be made, but but just just by other people. Um, and this plays on that idea a little bit. Uh, so in effect, this is also kind of this sort of strange, uh, time travel episode in a, in a, in a kind of a sort of roundabout way. Um, we get to enjoy watching, uh, several, uh, characters that we were introduced to in 2010 kind of show back up. And so as a result, it kind of creates this like backstory in a weird way, like, uh, the backstory for how Sam met Joe, even though in 2010 and the 2010 timeline is probably different than, well, I don't know. I mean, that's sort of the point is that um, I think I am led to believe and I'm willing to go there that um, the timeline within the episode 2010 uh, probably looked an awful lot like this timeline that we were watching in 2001 with the real important like uh, asterisk that that there is this knowledge that our heroes now are able to uh, leverage, specifically that note from Jack in the future uh, about the um, intentions of of these newfound friends. Mm-hmm. So it you know it it was it was pretty fun to kind of watch that thing set up, uh, and that kind of all took place in the first half of the episode. The back half of the episode was fine. Uh, it had kind of a typical uh, political aspect to it. It wrapped itself up real tightly at the end. Um, As in like, you know, like I mentioned, I think that I would have enjoyed kind of watching this story kind of play out for a few episodes. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's still, I guess it might now that I think about it anyway. um, And uh, yeah. And, and then there was, kind of this other thing that it was a sort of like kind of hovering around in the back of my mind, which I was just chuckling at, but I don't think that there's anybody in the world other than people who grew up around agriculture who would even think about this kind of thing, but I couldn't help but chuckle because their, their, their combine has a conference room in it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like I was sitting there laughing about how John Deere's really up in the add-ons for their calves right now. If you can get a conference room <laughs> added to your added to your combine harvester thresher, um, and uh, so I kept it, it, it was just one of those things where it's like it's this little bit of inside knowledge that that technically just torpedoes something because because you don't you know, you expect me to believe that this entire planet is an agriculture planet and they're shipping all of their grain through one star gate. And it seems that they have one harvest. Like it just doesn't, it, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Well, I, I I would, uh, I, I suspect that there are plenty of other harvesters, um, around the planet. And Um, you're still shoving on all that grain through that, that one, that one, that one star gate, you know, um, Right. I mean, if, okay. if you, you know, dump it as they had, that that's not, that's not wholly unrealistic. It's a stretch. They've got tra- teleport- <laughs> teleportation triangles. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, it's a very, <laughs> very, very, very particular thing. Um, 
<clears throat> but I was kind of chuckling at it. Uh, I did um, also kind of get a little bit kind of like, you know, eyebrow cocked up in the air when um, it, it was super convenient. Yeah, whatever. They're heroes. They're heroes. Good things happen for heroes. Boy, was it convenient that they happened to kind of come across an ability to see a... <laughs> major town center like you know <laughs> right like yeah man that sure was easy to find and yeah glad that they were able to happen to be in front of a library of you know what i mean like everything worked out but again they're heroes like that's that's the, that's the point good things happen to heroes it was fun to kind of watch that sort of investigation take place it was fun that kind of piecing it together required a newspaper it was a little fun to uh you know to have our linguist um, kind of working hard at it. It was fun to sort of see a relatively simple way to get the truth of the matter, just kind of, uh, you know, using the sort of matter of fact aspect of the Ashen against them. Right, right. Yep. It was fun to watch um, uh, Malum, like the actor who played Malum, like the the, the subtle but noticeable eyebrow twitch when <laughs> when the word sterility was said aloud oh, yeah. <laughs> like right like it was it was like that was good um and then you know what i typically do anymore is that i pivot into some similar similar of the the sort of the technical uh, constructive aspects of the episode and again i mean i was just going to run on down the line it was well acted it was well shot it was well paced it was well lit it was like you know like there's so much about it that was just good Kinsey was great. Like, you know, watching Robert Cox, Johnny Cox, who's Cox? Ronnie, Ronnie Cox, uh, might need to edit that because, uh, whatever. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. Watching Ronnie <laughs> Cox, uh, portray Kinsey again is boy. It's fun watching him get mad. It is fun oh, watching yeah. that guy get mad. Um, and, and it, you know, it's, it's done so well and watching, you know, Richard Dean Anderson, like play you know like it's it was just it was good it was just good um the story did feel tidy right like it did feel almost a a little trite at this point that it seems like we have nullified the threat from the 2010 episode that that it's over and done with. And I'm saying those words very carefully because I'm kind of realizing that, in fact, actually, n- no. The only thing that definitively happened was a specifically genetically engineered bioweapon failed to materialize, right? It's not It's not sitting on, uh, what planet were we on? Volan? Volia. Volian? Volia. It's not sitting on Volia. Um, so, uh, so Ambassador What's-His-Face... Ambassador Joe could still be just fine. Um, Malum and and Boren are still sitting there looking over the ledge going, hmm, Mm -hmm. what shall we do now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they've got a bunch of of, uh, Stargate coordinates that um, go to bad places, but they have a bunch of Stargate coordinates. Um, And they are now aware of how, presumably, I, I can't recall if I ever heard Sam or anybody mentioned Stellar Drift, but you know what I'm getting at. Like, as much disinformation as had been assumedly given to them, it was still information of a sort. And, you know, the Ashen have proven themselves to be extremely smart so um, and technologically advanced. So there's a 
decent possibility that we have not seen the last of them now that I'm kind of putting it all together. However, it still felt like it wrapped up. Like you didn't land the episode with some sort of a hint that this might not be the last time we see them. So I didn't, I didn't put that together until as we were talking about it, like, Oh, well, actually technically we didn't really, it's not like we saw them die. Um, so yeah, so there's, so there's, so there's, so there's sort of that out in the, in the distance yep. that I'm thinking about it. Um, yeah, but I just kind of had a good time with this one. It was, I just, I don't know. I enjoyed it. Felt good. What'd you think? Yeah, I, I enjoy this episode. This is a fun episode. Um, uh, I like the callback to 2010. Um, it's both a prequel and a sequel episode at the same time, which is right. really hard to um, manage and make that work well. Um, uh, you know, so I, I appreciate the the re- relationship between Sam and Joe in this episode. Uh, you can see how, uh, well, like in 2010, you saw them interacting as husband and wife, and, mm-hmm. you know, you could tell that they had a strong relationship together, uh, and then when that episode ended, of course, that whole storyline died with it, and here we bring mm-hmm. back Joe again, and we see him again, and, and you can kind of see the beginnings of that relationship, and you kind of see how he likes her, and she likes him, and he's a little awkward, and he's like, you know, and she finds it endearing, and all of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I appreciate that that's all done really, really nicely and well done. Um, you know, uh, like you, I, I like seeing the Shen come back. Um, uh, the the Cox stuff, the Ronnie Cox stuff uh, with Senator Kinsey uh, is mm-hmm. amazing. I appreciate how that just very carefully and subtly continues that storyline, right? So last time I think oh, yeah. we saw Kinsey, you know, they were escaping from his house and he was announcing he was going to run for president. And mm-hmm. clearly, he is still in that plan. Um, mm-hmm. And we're suggesting in this one that, and it makes sense, uh, we're in season five, that uh, uh, the era of the current president is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, when precisely, we don't know. It's not established clearly, but it is coming to an end. And... Kinsey is right up there with a possible replacement for him. Um, mm-hmm. And that is a possibility that that threat of, of Kinsey as president uh, looms over uh, this episode and the, uh, the Stargate command. Um, and so just seeing a little bit more of that, uh, and it's just carefully and subtly done, um, so it fits with this episode, and it continues on that narrative. Uh, I appreciate that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're right. It is absolutely convenient that they find a little bit of iron root, and it turns out that the iron root isn't is like an entire tower that actually right. very conveniently right. is is angled at just the right angle that you can climb yeah, down exactly. as a ladder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, the whole thing. Uh, but uh, you know, and you know. Generally speaking, um, you know the the find that they find is is ridiculously rare. Rarely do oh. you find a cavern yeah. like that, oh, and they're on. actually standing buildings. It, Usually, it, the buildings are crushed into a three foot space it, where you have it, to carefully yeah. dig out. Yes, no, no. It so, was it was it was preposterous, is what it yeah, was. Yeah. 
Uh, um, but now the idea yeah. of, especially since you figured that that was only a couple hundred years old, uh, the idea of actually finding uh, newspapers um, is legitimate. It, it it oh yeah there there is you know that that's possible um, that would you know to find that especially since they found them in some sort of protective tube and if the tube hadn't been destroyed uh, which apparently it hadn't been uh, the those newspapers would have been reasonably well preserved and they were although they were pretty old um, so mm-hmm. uh, the fact that they could easily walk into the library and find these things and run out before everything collapsed on top of them. Um, uh, but then have them right there. It's a little convenient, but but it works. It it, mm-hmm. it it's outside the bounds of pl- probability, but it is totally within the bounds of heroes and their possibilities. Correct. Yeah. So it's a little bit a little eye roll inducing, but on the other hand, hey, I'm here for a good time, not for a absolutely like a absolutely. perfectly realistic. Yeah. Um, you know, I did mention, so like the reason that they did not see them go like in the museum or in the Mm -hmm. the library or whatnot is because they couldn't afford to build that set. Um, Ah, nice. um, Fine. (laughs) Yeah. Which, which totally makes sense. I get that. Of course. You know, they're like, oh, look, everything's collapsing as they're running out. Why? Well, because we can't film on that side of the wall. (laughs) Yep. Nope. Um. Uh, instantly, oh, that that set is a redress mm-hmm. from Red Sky. A redress from Red Sky. Which part? Well, like the the village of Red Sky. Um, oh, yeah, you did tell me it was all on a soundstage. Yeah, yeah. So you know, so that was um, uh, redressed for this. There um, you go. They did a great job with that. No kidding. Um, Couldn't tell. Yeah. Um, so you know, honestly, I don't have a lot of comments to make about this episode it's a good episode it's fun uh it's well acted uh it's well written uh there are a couple of places where you get a little bit convenience going on here um it's a little bit hard for me to believe that the yashen weren't able to figure out with their immense technology uh the stellar drift problem um it's rather convenient that uh you know well, it's like so. Like early on in the episode, Sam uh, says, "You know, way back when, when we were still doing this, I postulated that uh, without a DHD, the maximum distance a, a gate could go was 300 light years." And I'm like, "So you made that supposition a long time ago, but you have done nothing to prove or disprove that, right?" Um, yeah, you know, you yeah. know. So, so there flavor. are some spaces there, and I'm like, "Eh, there's right. some loosey goosey there," but. Uh, um, you know, it's still a fun story that that uh, those little bits don't really um, don't affect the the narrative that's happening. Um, I am aware. One of the things that that uh, I am very much aware of is that in in our present day right now, uh, mm-hmm. they are get, preparing to roll out vaccines, and in some places yes. in the world, they have started rolling out <laughs> vaccines. <laughs> For a yes. flu-like pandemic, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and uh-huh. there are conspiracy <laughs> theories out there oh, right yeah. now that, among other things, this is going to, uh, you know, put a chip in your brain or yeah. or make you sterile or or a hundred other things, um, and yeah, uh, and so <laughs> as as this episode happens, I'm like, 
you know, it it doesn't make sense that the no. current situation that we are in would have any type of uh, problems like this. Uh, you know, so without getting too political, go out there and take your silly vaccine as soon as you can. Uh, it- Sometimes the vaccine is just a vaccine. Yes. Yes. Uh, a cigar is just a cigar. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get vaccinated when it's time, and I'm going to lead a better life for it. That's all yeah, I'm absolutely. Uh, me as well. Um, because, yeah. So, uh, so all of that just kind of sat there and like, oh, this is an interesting time to be rewatching this episode. Um, but there you have it. Uh, so it was, um, yeah, there was definitely a piece where I was just like, oh, wow, hey, time, timely. Hmm, yeah. That's ripped yeah. straight from the headlines. Yeah. And, and, you know, 20 years ago, the headlines of today. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> bringing that, uh, bringing that time thing all right back around. All right, right back around. Um, and, you know, they did mention, of course, the, the Spanish flu, the, the, of 1918 or whatever that was, mm-hmm. 1920. Mm-hmm. Um, 1918. Yep. 19, so, um, that you know an analogous is what was happening on volia at that point in time yeah so, i know it was it was yeah it was, i was sitting there just like oh <laughs> here we go it actually kind of made me think to myself a little bit because um uh if i got my timeline right anti-vaxxers really started to put roots down right around the time this episode was airing and mm. um uh i'll go a little uh i'll go a little a uh, um uh, incendiary here, but uh, a fair number of people who are the most vocal proponents of anti-vaccination uh, thought happen to be celebrity type people, actors uh, who work in movie and television. And so uh, the incendiary remark might be that, uh, hey, you know, I wonder if one of the, I wonder if Brad Wright uh, thinks that vaccines might be a little bit, uh, a little more than what they just say is going on. Hmm? Well, hmm? I suppose it's possible. Hmm? I have yeah. a sneaking suspicion it has more to do with, uh, I mean, I don't know, but, but if I were to to make a guess, I would guess that Brad Wright was probably looking at all of this and saying, ha, 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 ha. Oh. Uh, let, let, let's play the conspiracy theory game, and then we'll put it into a show, and, and well, you know, also, we'll laugh I mean, at I, this here because, you know, I think that's the kind of humor that, that Brad Wright tends to have. But- that was also the main plot point of 2010. That's like, true. That's that was true. the point. Like that, that was that was the point of that episode. You kind of had to bring it back. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I don't know. I guess you could probably think of some other way. But point is, we brought it back. It's fine. It's fine. I did think, I did like how just almost rawly that's not the right word there's no word rawly is not a word rawly um, it's not rawly um how that's the name of a city in like <laughs> it's the never mind yeah anyway um how <sighs> genuine isn't quite the right word. whatever when the ashen were talking about what uh what they were gonna get from earth in exchange for basically giving earth all the technology they could ever want like it stood up to reason like, if you were a very, on two levels, okay, no, well, I'll talk about nefarious level first. On the nefarious level, if you were given the, um, you know, the addresses and the keys of all these great places where you can expand your civilization in this way that you have developed, um, you know, you, you, you've just basically written a blank check for the Ashen. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. There they go. Off they go. They are going to propagate throughout the known universe and become the most powerful sentient race. You know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but nefarious reason aside, just on the face of it, like, yeah, we're willing to give you a whole lot of stuff. You don't understand what you're giving us. Like, you are unlocking the universe in a way that is going to be just stupid great. Yeah. Like, Having the ability to have, you know, assuming that the Ashen are able to defend themselves in the event that they run across a particular group that is hostile, uh, having the ability to be in uh, communication and trade, to have your world opened up like that to by by exponentially, um, would be just stunning. It would just be it would just be just this hum- It would represent this huge. Uh, increase in the, the goodness of your society just straight up and so like that kind of an advancement is almost priceless because you could probably make a pretty good case right away that all of the defense and offensive technologies and, and everyday technologies that the Ashen could give would probably become pale and obsolete within a generation right yeah. based off of all of this expansive uh connection that they would have as a result like it would be as if um uh you know you know 500 years ago if somebody came up and said you know like will you give us that 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 flintlock or that candle that uh, candle lock uh, uh fire lock that's what it was um musket this old musket uh, you know, in an, in advance or in an, in exchange for uh, the contact with 300 um, uh, societies that are just like yours and are nice. Like, well, yeah, <laughs> like you're going you're gonna to go from the flintlock to the tank in 20 years. Like, oh, here you go. Yeah. Have this, have this thing. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> we're going to make so, so much like, better stuff in like a minute. For the, the Ashen, um, this is, this is a win-win proposition for them, and and you take the uh, the uh, uh, nefariousness out. You know, even if they are, um, you know, were benevolent in some capacity, mm-hmm. um, we already know that they are willing to share their technology with other people mm-hmm. um, because they've done that. And so, when you come here and you find a people uh, that uh, you could share your technology with. And get all of this stuff out of it. I mean, you know, you do that. I mean, th- th- that's that's what you do. Um, you know, like, oh, okay, so you want all of this other stuff that I have? I'm like, well, okay, I'm happy to give that to you. And I get all of this other stuff? I'd probably give that to you anyway. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so this is a win. Uh, would have been a big win for them. And I think they knew that. And you saw that in uh, Molem. Uh, don't underestimate what you have to offer. Right. This is not a one-way trip. We're going to get some really cool stuff out of this. Um, and so, yeah. So I have a question for you, Brent. Okay, yes. Um, do you want to know whether or not we will see the Yashen again? No. Okay. Then I won't tell you. The end. Uh, yeah, of course not. That's not how. That's not how this works. Yep. 
you don't get to you don't get to you don't get to have it's not like it's it's not like uh it's not it's not like i get to like you know just immediately queue up the next episode it's not like i could just sit down over the course of a long weekend and get myself all the way through several more years of stargate content zach well, you, you you could well i uh, won't i mean it would, it, it would <laughs> kind of um, uh, drastically change the nature of this particular little project we're doing, but but you could. <laughs> yes, that would do absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I got a feeling. So you know, yeah, obviously, if I had watched it live at the time, I don't know if I would have really put it all together. Like, oh, actually, I didn't see them die. Um, it certainly seems like a pretty decent like possibility that the, I would encounter them again, especially because, well, you know what though? I mean, it might be sooner rather than later. Um, like I said, we gave them a bunch of gate coordinates and sure they lead to black holes and stuff. Oh, wouldn't it be cool if the Ashen were sufficiently advanced that they could just go to the black hole thing and they're like, oh, this we got this. Black holes. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't figured out how to deal with a black hole yet here. All right. Hey, uh, hey, 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 uh, Bixie, Bixie, can you give me the black hole neutral? Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> just give me a minute. I'll be right back. Yeah. So. Um, but right, but the episode did, like I said, it ended in a way that made me say, oh, well, that's the last time I'm going to see of them. And uh, that, like I said, it felt a little tight, a little too tight. But as I'm looking back, it's like, oh, wait a minute. Nah, there's nothing about that, that I, we could easily see them again next week. It's possible. Possible. But oh, yeah, uh, no, I, I will spoil this for you. We oh, don't okay. see them next week. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. Good. Right. Yeah, there's a part of me, and I'm I'm being really serious when I say that I have this weird talent of forgetting things when I want to forget them. As in, like, I can discover something that is basically spoilery, and if I'm like, oh, I don't want to know this right now, <laughs> I have a pretty a pretty decent shot at being like, like when it finally comes around again, being like, oh right, oh this, oh my gosh, I forgot all about this. Um, so. Uh, you know, yeah, it's, you're putting down some pretty strong hints that this might not be the last time that I see the Ashen. That's totally fine. Totally fine. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, strictly speaking, I do not know that right now. That is true. You do not know what's happening next. Mm-mm. So, Mm-mm. all right. I think it's time to move on. Okay. Yes. And so I will ask you, how many mm-hmm. chevrons are you going to give 2001? The episode, not the year. Oh, thanks for clarifying. Um, you're welcome. So, uh, I had a good time. There was definitely enough little spots here and there that I'm like, eh, well, you know, it's a little, it's a little squishy and that's a little convenient. And, um, as I mentioned, it did wrap up a little tight. If it had done a to be continued, I probably would be like, Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Um, so I'm gonna give it a six. I'm going to give it six out of seven chevrons. I don't think this is the pinnacle of television and it certainly didn't leave my life changed. But I had a good time, and it was very well done, and it was a delight to see how the story did, like you said, a prequel-sequel, a sprequel. Uh, you know, uh, we got ourselves a little, uh, a little a, before a, a and after. A sprequel? Is that what you called this? A sprequel. Yeah, a of course. Cool. That's that. uh, all right. Yeah. Cool. Okay. All right. Because yeah. sequel doesn't work. Um, uh, uh, but. Yeah. Sequel. No. Sequel. No. Sequel. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. It was great. It was nice to see the characters, a return of the characters in, it was um, the Joe Sam thing. That was fun. I I liked it. 
it was fun to watch that thing start to happen. It was also kind of cool to see uh, Jack kind of give a wink and a nod to Sam. Be like, hey, yeah, you, you just need to get a burger. Go for it. <laughs> uh, uh, it was fun. Six out of seven. How about Six you? out of seven. You know, I, I am not going to belabor this and just agree with you wholeheartedly. This is a six. <laughs> um, you know, it's just a fun episode. It just does, you know, you know, it, there, there are some holes. But they're not big holes, and it just it provides forty five minutes of really solid entertainment. It keeps the story going. It yeah. uh, nods to things that happened in the past. Um, it fits six out of seven. Yep, Chevron. Yep. All nice. right. So we shall begin with yeah. David's email. Hi, David. All right, I got to pull it up here. He says. He has a, a bias buffer of some sort that is Sprachzarathustra bias buffer. I wonder buffer. if that's a one-letter. A one yeah, that's a... Uh, I'm not sure. Anyway, did you that. know, he says, okay. that in 1984, in the 1984 movie, 2010, The Year We Make Contact, Hayward, Haywood Floyd, as played by Roy Scheider... Uh, was using a computer on a beach, mind you, that looked advanced for its time because he was on a beach and there were no wires or power connections. That computer uh-huh. was, in actuality, an Apple IIc. I know this because Ooh. I had an Apple IIc in 1984, got it as a oh. high school graduation present. See, Brent, I told you you weren't that old. I was 18 in 1984, so do the math and get back to me with your I'm old complaints. Uh, That's what I have to say. Carry on. Anyway, it was cool seeing my computer used in a movie set in the distant future of 2010. Of course, it was also kind of dumb because I recognized my modern-day computer set in a movie 26 years in the future. Kind of took me out of it for a bit. Anyway, so... (laughs) Why do I bring up this apart from 2010 uh, uh, was a sequel to the movie 2001, and this episode 2001 was a sequel to the episode 2010? Because the episode was both cool and dumb. Cool as in they learn about the Ashen and stuff. Dumb as in they totally broke the rules of temporal causality because Jack from the future sent a warning to the past, and because of that, they ultimately did not join with the Ashen. But because they didn't join with the Shen, there was no future for Jack to send a message from. So So how did they get the message? Alternate reality? Is there a Uh quantum mirror universe where that did happen? Uh, Yes. Yes, there's a quantum mirror when that did happen. We just never see it or haven't seen it to this point. Not yet. But give us a minute. How did Jack from one reality send a paper message through the Stargate to another reality? It's a mess if you think about it too much. Okay, so there's this movie, Star Trek. It came out in like 2009, and it answers this question perfectly. We just move into a Kelvin universe. There. That's right. Kelvin. That's, all, that's, it's, it's, that's how it works out. I'm not sure why they chose Kelvin, but that's okay. Time dilation. Sure. Okay, and let's not get into the jerk move of connecting the Ashen Gate to a black hole. Uh, first of all, could they even do that? Wouldn't the black hole gate still be connected to Earth's gate due to time dilation or hey, some other nonsense? there's the words! <laughs> okay, all right. So, my dear friend David, uh, we do know that uh, they 
you know, so 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 the people on the black hole planet gate to Earth, and it shuts down from Earth's perspective, such that Earth can connect to it, and then they do some other things and shift it off, so it's no longer connected to Earth, even though who knows what's happening there. However, later on, they connect a different Stargate to it because they blow up a star, because you know Sam likes to blow up suns. Um, oh, you know what? That's a good point. If we're so, able to suck enough stellar matter through a Stargate in time to collapse a star, the grain problem solves itself. I rescind my com- my, my my comment from earlier. Okay, there we go. All right. Anyway, so he continues. Um, if it wasn't still connected, then sending them to the black hole address potentially doomed an entire planet. Yeah. Okay. That, that's kind of a dick move. Uh, but uh, you know they're jerks, so maybe it's okay. Uh, yeah. Not even nice. Even if the Shen did want to sterilize the entire population of Earth, yeah, okay. If that's fair, that's still kind of a jerk move. Does not seem like a proportional response. I don't know. Maybe the Shen were clever enough to figure out the bomb trick too. Who knows? We don't know. Blah blah blah. Okay, I've rambled mm. on long enough. He says it's been a long <laughs> week, and I just had a very nice beer. So let's just mark nice. it up to TV magic. Ooh, TV yeah. magic. You TV got magic. it. Brent will give this episode four chevrons because of continuity, Oof. but it still wasn't that great. Zach will give it four chevrons because, well, of temporal causality, and uh, you know, you know, in 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 time dilation and th- some things get bigger and longer and weirder than they were mm-hmm. before. So your fours mm-hmm. are actually sixes. There you go. And if that doesn't there make sense, that's okay. I think uh, I think that I think that beer makes David cranky. Ah. Well, <laughs> is that like having bad toast makes bread crazy? Uh, you know, you know, it, it definitely is a, is a factor. That's for sure. All right. We have another email from Caleb. Hey, Caleb. Caleb says, 2001 was a fishy episode from the beginning. It's harder mm-hmm. to remember what my first reaction was since I know what happens now. It was nice to see the mystery aspect when Daniel was uncovering the truth, although still did not, still not the greatest episode. My predictions are Zach mm-hmm. 5 and Brent 4. Interesting. Okay. All so right. Our don't like email this All right. folks are saying that we rated this way too high. But which is, which is, that's respectable. Absolutely. We have other options. We do have other options. Hi, Kimberly. Kimberly says, Brent, you'll give this five out of seven chevrons. Zach, you'll give it five and a half out of seven chevrons. Very close. I am following Justin's method of rolling dice for Brent's rating this week, as I've given (laughs) up on trying to work out how he thinks. I think Zach will really dig the dramatic irony in the episode in which we know what's going on, but SG-1 doesn't. It's a solid episode with lots of good tension. Oh, that's funny. I, I do there take a small amount of delight in being an agent of chaos. Uh, but you... yes. Okay. Yeah. Sean predicts. Hi, Sean. Brent six for wow factor. I was yep. laughing out loud at how long it took him last week to remember who the Ashen were, even with the clue <laughs> of the episode name. 2010 and 2001 have a high rewatch factor for me, although 2010 is better. Come try a better yes. That for, for me, he predicts I'll give it a five, oh, and yeah. he would give it a six. Gotcha. So, there you Makes go. Makes sense. Okay. Yep. All right. We have Stuart. Hi, Stuart. Yes. He is one of our Patreon sub- supporters, and so I mm-hmm. say thank you very much, Stuart. 
We get a bunch of old friends in this episode, the Ashen, Kinsey, the Black Hole Planet, plus it mm-hmm. is pretty well written and acted, I'm guessing, six and a half for Zach and six for Brent. Very, very Ooh, close. So close. Yep. Yeah, I don't know if I would have gone to a six and a half, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe in an alternate reality that's not too that's right. far different than this one, uh, I could. I could do that. I could, I see could that toss happen. a note. I'll toss a note back that says, do not give 2001 a six. Oh, now that'll confuse me. Then I won't know what to do. Well, but you, it'll force you to pick. It, so then you'll say, I can't do a six. Do I give it a six and a half or a five and a half? Yeah. And if you're feeling good, you would go. So now I've just made it a 50-50 shot. Oh, yeah. Well, fair enough. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so when you figure out that whole Stargate time dilation to fix the sour cream problem, you can fix yeah. this as well. Yeah, it's going to be this afternoon. All right. Oh, good. I'll give you an extra hour. You have three hours now. Ah, thanks. Thanks. You know, I, I, I don't want to make it too difficult for you. <laughs> don't want to make it too difficult. <sighs> Good okay, stuff. We, we have an, uh, a message from Austin. Hi, Austin. Austin says, love this episode. Once Carter says, they're the Ashen, the tension starts building and does not let up. Good continu- continuation of a story we thought was mm-hmm. over. Build up mm-hmm. of tension and the characters are all well served well. Not really a deep episode, but a fun one for sure. One of my yeah. favorites. So six out nice. of seven chevrons for Austin. He predicts that uh, we will give it five out of seven chevrons uh, for the reasons above. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well but we know, also agreed. Six. We is... agree with you. It should be six. Yeah, Jacqueline says. Mm-hmm. Hi, Jacqueline. I love this episode, although 2010 would be my favorite of the two. But I yes, enjoy how I the viewers know from the beginning that it's the Ashen and the team don't, and to see how the story plays out. I'm going to say six out of seven chevrons from Zach and six from yes. Brent. So that's no kidding. two votes for six and a half for me and six for you. Oh, so six and a half. I thought she close. got on the Yeah, super duper duper close. Super Very duper. well done. Yep, 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 yep. Um, all right. Then we have Tim. Hi, Tim. I really like this episode. Who doesn't like a noble sacrifice? And ticking off Ronnie Cox, six chevrons from me. Ha, yes. <laughs> I think Brent will give it a five because it doesn't really break new ground with the Ashen, so not much new to talk about. Zach will sure. give it a six because he likes episodes that call back to other episodes. Yeah. True. And, you know. Reasons and stuff. Brent, 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 Brent had a happy breakfast, so you got to give him the extra bonus. I sure <laughs> did, man. I make this thing that's basically like an egg McMuffin, only I make it with with, with I make it, and there's a, so so it's a it's 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 a Brent McMuffin, and uh, it's delicious. Wait, wait, you um, make it one. out of Brent's? Ooh. <clears throat> you know, sometimes you say to yourself. I have to come up with a joke or something to get out of this mess, and I have to do it right now. Come on, brain, think. Yeah. And this was one of those moments, and I and I have nothing. Yeah. I have, I have those <laughs> quite regularly. I'm like, oh, this would be a great time for a joke. What's the joke? What's the joke? There's a joke in there somewhere. I got um, nothing. Uh, Hi, guys. Can't say that on the air. Uh, okay. Moving right along. The worst for me is when I start talking because I think there's a joke there, and I realize after I've started talking that I can't figure out what the joke is, and so now oh, I yeah. pivot without looking like a fool. How do you think I do the uh, the the episode guesses? Yeah. <laughs> 
I start talking and I hope I find a joke along the way. <laughs> yeah. All right. We have uh, we have one more from JD. Hey JD. So JD says this episode is fantastic. Seven from mm. me. Excellent. And he says, seriously, the oh. la evil key key evil. <laughs> I don't know what if he were. got me. He totally just got me. Yeah. Okay. Like <laughs> so, uh, the mystery, the excellent. Oh. Uh, okay. Anyway, even the way the characters interact that does the uh, be the twenty. Okay. So, JD, <laughs> you want to try that over again? <laughs> uh, well, no. I'm. I'm like. Even the way the characters interact that does B2010 made sense. Um, so, I, <laughs> I, you know, I do this all the time, JD. I, I make mistakes and I, yeah, okay. Anyway, so all that says, he predicts that you, Brent, will give this yes. a six out of seven chevrons. Hey. And that I will give hey. it a seven out of seven chevrons. Very close. Yeah. So, JD, in this situation, we basically agree with you. Yes! This is a day of celebration. It is. Mark this on the calendar, December 12th, 2020. Nice. Wow. Okay. So, I think that those are our predictions. Nice. Thank you, okay. everyone, for doing Thank that. Very much. I love it's this. It's a lot of fun. I, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, Brent. Honestly, this is about... This is, this is right up there with my favorite part of the episodes anymore. Is just like you and I talk, and we get to where we're, and then we're like, what does everybody else think about this one? This is great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love this part. So now, Brent. Yeah. The part that a lot of people really love when they listen to oh. our podcast <laughs> is when I tell you the name of the next episode and you tell me what the episode is all about. Oh, my so, God. So are you okay. ready to get into this section this week? Uh, as ready as I'll ever be. Okay. The name of next week's episode is Desperate Measures. Uh, okay. And I ask desperate you, Brent. Measures. Yeah. What is Desperate Measures all about? Okay. Okay. Next time on Stargate SG-1, the SG-1 team travels through the gate to find themselves on a strange world. After a bit of searching, they discover a friendly group of people that are indeed not terrified to see them, and they don't seem to be in any particular trouble. However, as it is revealed, indeed, that is all a ruse. And in fact, they successfully entrap the SG-1 team. Oh no! In an effort to free his team, Colonel Jack O'Neill is suddenly presented with a situation where he must come before an entire group of people and develop on the fly a narrative that makes sense and is funny, indeed, <laughs> in order to free his friends from the entrapment that they are in. He is presented with only one clue the name of the story and he must develop the entire story from scratch on the fly indeed these are desperate times and so they call for 
desperate measures. I don't know. That one kind of, it, it didn't really. No, didn't no, really. It, no, it, no. Colonel O'Neill gets a top hat and a cane, and he starts singing, Hello, my darling. Hello, my honey. Hello, my sweetie pie. As he dances across the floor and tries to make Join us next time on Stargate SG-1, where we watch Richard Dean Anderson perform some really great tap on desperate measures. Okay. Do we get to see? Do we get to see? Uh, do we get to see him uh, do some tap dancing? So, so what? What you can't see um, because mm-hmm. this is an audio podcast, not a visual podcast, yes. is that 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 uh, my my brain is exploding because I'm not sure how to process <laughs> what I just heard. <laughs> You're not sure how to how to envision Colonel O'Neill. <laughs> So putting on the Ritz. <laughs> so, so it is times like this where I say, "So, uh, would you like to watch the promo?" Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, are, are the Ashen in this one? Uh, do we get to see them? Oh wait, you already told me. I already told you that. That the answer is no. You already told me that's no. No, we don't get to see the Ashen okay. in the next episode. All right, are you ready? Uh, I am ready. I'm hitting, I'm hitting go now. Next time. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, I'm hitting waiting, go. Waiting, waiting. Uh, I hit it, but I like double tapped it or something, so it stopped. I mean, okay. I'm hitting go again. Right now. Okay. Next time on <laughs> Stargate SG-1. Hey, it's the car. Oh, no. Oh, no. It starts oh, with oh, the oh. abduction of Major Carter what? in broad daylight. Oh, ninjas! No. I have no jurisdiction outside this facility, Carter. I know. Uh-oh. We can still look in. Who can Colonel O'Neill turn to when all other sources fail? Hi, Jack. Hi, Jack. Ooh, oh, hey, oh. it's Mayborn! The holding company that paid Mayborn is a subsidiary of a multinational corporation called Zetatron Industries. It's run by a man named Adrian Conrad. Okay. You made your deposit and you got paid. As far as I'm concerned, our association is finished. You come with me. Hey, it's cute! Who is the mysterious Adrian Uh-oh. Conrad? And what are his plans for a captured Goa'uld symbiote? What? Oh, it's no! It's all next time oh, on no. Stargate SG-1. Why are we gonna do that? I mean, not we. Why are they gonna do that? Oh, gosh. Oh, dear. That's, that, that, that's not Colonel O'Neill in a top hat. That is not Colonel O'Neill. You do see a little, you know, creature that, that lives in somebody else bursting out and swimming around, which is sort of like dancing, sort of like space balls. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so it's not really at all the same thing, or not at all connected at all. But I'm trying my best. It's all right. Out. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, I, if if I groan and say "Here we go again" and have my head fall back on the table, then there you go. There you go. And I did make reference to another Mel Brooks movie a little bit ago, so it, it all ties together. There you go. There you go. So yes, that is desperate measures for next week. Special thanks wow. to David for producing yes, thank those you, David. promos. Uh, love them. They are great. Yes. I uh, Tell us what you think about uh, episode 100, which is coming up. Tell us what you think about this episode. Tell us what you Mm -hmm. think about whatever it is. Share your thoughts about things. You can do that by emailing us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. You can talk to us on Twitter at Stargate Walking. And, of course, go to Facebook uh, with the Walking Through the Stargate Facebook page and group and the website and and Patreon and all that stuff. All that stuff. Yes. Um, And so with all of that, I say I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been... Walking through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.